You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. On today's episode, we are doing an interview with Mr. Connell Barrett. Connell, I like to say, and I made a few jokes here in the episode, that he is like the redheaded version of me because he has red hair. And we see eye to eye on a lot of topics for helping guys out and helping them with their dating life. And he is a dating coach for men. He does help women a little bit, but mainly he helps guys. And I always like to get guys' opinions who are coaching other guys on approach anxiety. That's one of the first things I like to talk about with coaches that I haven't talked to before, just because approach anxiety is such a big topic and it's such a struggle for so many men, myself included. I had very bad approach anxiety many years ago when I was learning how to meet women. So bad that I would force other people to go out with me and push me into approaching women. It was very bad and it really held me back from getting results. So because this is such a big topic and so many guys struggle with it, I wanted to do another episode on it. Yes, I've talked about this before, many times before, but it's always good to have another opinion so we can hear another perspective and therefore get more help in this area. And that is what I want you to get help with today. Approaching anxiety, approaching women, and just answering the question, can you ever actually get over approach anxiety? Is this actually possible? And you're going to get that answer today on this episode. If you are still struggling with approach anxiety and you need help and you want to learn how to approach women and get women talking to you and get over that fear of rejection, you can always work with me one-on-one in my coaching program. If you want to apply for that coaching program, just go to coachedbytrip.com. I started finally gathering all these testimonials and getting videos of them and I've been putting them on that page. So you can actually see what guys have been going through in terms of dating. So what were some of their struggles? And then what was their experience like after coaching with me and going through the program? So you're going to hear a little bit of their before and a little bit of their after. And I have these recorded. And these were obviously guys who allowed me to record these. So they were guys who were interested in telling their story. And now you get to hear them and from all different ages and walks of life. So go check it out, coachedbytrip.com. There's a link in the show notes and you can see all the different testimonials on there and see what guys have been going through and the amazing help they've gotten through the program. So again, if you need help, you have approach anxiety, you want me to guide you through this process and get over it as fast as possible, Apply today at coachedbytrip.com. In the meantime, let's talk about approach anxiety with Mr. Connell Barrett. Check it out. Hey, Connell, nice to have you on the podcast. How's it going? Trip, it's fantastic. Thanks for having me on today, man. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming on. It is all is just always a pleasure to connect with other coaches in the scene, especially coaches who are doing very similar things that I'm doing. I don't think you would work with women, right? You seem to only work with guys. Correct. I dabble in coaching women a little bit on the dating app I work with called The League. But for the most part, I get I go deep with men only. Got it. Got it. Okay, cool. So maybe tell us your story a little bit and how you got started. Yeah, well, I guess I started off as a guy who could not get dates. <laughs> I'm a natural-born introvert. I'm a card-carrying member of the introverted group. And in high school and college, I had a I was always able to have good friends. And I had a lot great family, good friends, and I had a lot going for me, but I never had anybody to teach me the ropes of dating. I never had an older brother who took me under his wing. And there were no dating coaches back then. There was no internet, a way to find coaches on the internet back in the, the early 90s. So I, all of a sudden, I, I found myself in my early 20s having barely ever dated at all and just feeling like I could be a really confident, cool person around friends and family, but put me 
eyeball to eyeball with a pretty girl at a party or at a bar, I, I would stutter and stammer. And I finally found one woman who liked me and we connected and, and we got engaged. We got married when I was in my mid-20s. But she left me nine weeks after our wedding day. And at that point, no. yeah, I, I remember driving in my red Honda Civic to the Dillard's department store with the backseat of my car filled with the unwrapped wedding gifts to take them oh back to gosh. get store credit because I was, a, I was a grad student with no money. And that was, my, that was how I was going to have some spending cash as, as my nine-week marriage ended. Uh, I joked at the time that the, the marriage was, was over so quickly, we fought for custody of the wedding cake. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't funny at the time, but I was trying to laugh through the pain. And that sure, was probably yeah. the, that was the flashpoint moment for me where I, I realized, okay, I don't like feeling this way. I don't like feeling rejected by an entire gender, which is what I felt like. And I had a lower point that came after that, but that was like the beginning of realizing, okay, this is an area of life that I need to have handled. And that I've realized later in life that, that men have to have handled. Got to figure out how to get this area taken care of just because I don't think a man can really feel like a man fully until he realizes he's worthy of women. He's attractive, at least to some awesome women. Does that make sense? Makes perfect sense. Yeah, absolutely. So how long have you been doing this for, coaching men? I've been coaching men professionally for about seven, eight years now. And I've been training and studying in this area for about 15 years. And just to put a little button on that story of my, my origin story, is I, so my marriage ended, a few more years passed where I, I half-heartedly attempted to get good at dating. But again, I was, I was in the friend zone. I didn't know how to talk to girls. I felt like they're not going to like me. I'm a dorky, nerdy, introverted redheaded dude who looks like you know, the lost Weasley brother from Harry Potter. Who's going to want me? And that really crushed my confidence. And I remember the day I decided I had to fix this. And maybe your listeners have had this kind of experience. I was at a Starbucks here in New York City. And I saw this gorgeous brunette seated by herself. She looked like Katie Holmes, who was my crush at the time. And she's wearing a denim miniskirt. She's on her phone drinking an iced coffee. And I wanted so badly to go over and talk to her. It was like I had a little angel on one shoulder and a little devil on the other shoulder. And the angel said, wow, she's adorable. She's so cute. Go, go chat her up. Go say hi. Go flirt. And the devil was saying, no, nah, she won't like you. What if people see you get rejected? What if you get knocked down? What if, she, what if people laugh at you? And I literally circled her table about four times like a like a frightened shark <laughs> wanting, to, wanting to make my move but not being able to. She finally got up and, and left and walked out. And as I watched her walk out to Starbucks on a, sun, on a Sunday afternoon, I realized that was about the 10,000th time that had happened in my life. So many cool, attractive, maybe cool, definitely attractive women I'd seen out in the real world, wanting to talk to them, wanting to learn how to approach especially. And I just couldn't make myself do it. And Literally that night, I went on the web and found a coach. And I started, I went down this rabbit hole of working with many, many different coaches to learn sort of the, the art of connection, the art of romantic attraction. I have a, a very similar story that I'll share with you. I remember way before I ever went through my journey, which is very similar to yours, where I went and studied stuff and, and hired coaches and things like that. I remember there was this really cute hostess in LA. At this one restaurant in Century City. And I'll never forget it. I was leaving the restaurant. I saw her, thought she was so cute. And then I sat outside and then I paced around the front of the restaurant, thinking of ways that I can somehow talk to her or get her number. And I was so nervous and I had right. no idea what to do. This is back in 2000. I want to say seven, maybe okay. 2008, 2007. You probably and got I your no idea. steps. <laughs> what did you say? I said, sorry, you probably got your 10,000 steps right there. I easily got my 10,000 steps right there. <laughs> and the best thing I could come up with was, I guess I'll just give her my business card and <laughs> see what happens. I don't even... I, as much as I remember, well, I don't remember exactly what I said, but I do know that the interaction was like, 10 seconds long, I just said, Hey, I think I said, maybe I, I think you're cute. 
here's my, my card. If you're interested, give me a call. I never heard from her. And I walked away feeling... It was like half and half. Like I felt good that I did it. But the other half was like, that was terrible. You know, like she's never going to call. You, did, you didn't even really talk to her. You gave her your business card. Like, what's this going to do? And it was just very <laughs> frustrating. It was a very frustrating moment. Well, at least you tried something. At least, at least you, at least you broke the ice with her and tried something as as imperfect as it might have been in terms of technique. And what I teach my clients, especially with approaching, is to look at every single approach and every single romantic risk as a guaranteed win. You have to look at it as a ten out of ten, or a hundred out of ten, as my old coach used to say, because either you get the girl and get a date and feel amazing. Or even if you don't, then at least you can say, hey, at least I tried. At least I put myself out there and took a shot at it. I'm not saying you shouldn't have been mad at yourself. It's so easy to judge ourselves when we approach. But I think what holds a lot of guys back for in real life dating and approaching is they look at it as a big win or a big loss. It's like you're flipping this existential coin. Heads you win, tails you suck. And we can't look at approaching women as it's only a success if she likes me and I get the phone number. We have to retrain our minds to retrain our psychology to to look at it as as hey, at least I put at least I put myself out there. There's a there's a great moment in the movie in the movie One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest where Jack Nicholson's character tries and fails to pull a giant drinking fountain out of the out of the insane asylums area you know like it's it's in the ground in the concrete and he can't do it and everybody's kind of looking at him and laughing and he says you know what at least i at least i tried god damn it at least i tried and as long as you try i feel like that's always a 10 out of 10 you just we just want to give, give you that. the best possible techniques so that you tr- when you try you do get more successes that's great it's funny i, I was like as you were saying that, i was like i wonder what movie he's going to say and inside my head, I was like, please don't say a cliche movie. Please don't say a cliche movie. And then you pull out One Flew Over Cuckoo's Nest, which is definitely one of my top favorites. I've seen it so many times. Uh, and uh, yeah, that is, that is an amazing scene. And you're right. It is, it is more about trying than anything else. I like that. Let's dive into this a little bit more. I think that approach anxiety and approaching women and getting over that fear and that mm. nervousness and that anxiety is and you probably know this from working with clients, is one of the biggest hurdles in dating for men. Do you see this a lot when you're working with guys? Absolutely. It's arguably the most painful issue that men bring up when we have our first conversation. Invariably, What's the theory behind that? I'm curious. Like, Why do you feel guys have that approach anxiety? Like, What's going on there? It's incredibly simple, yet challenging at the same time. It's not a huge mystery, I don't think. It comes down to this, wired inside of everyone, inside of every man especially, is this innate human need to feel significant, attractive, special. And the cause of approach anxiety, it's not really, oh, what if I get shot down? Or what if I don't get that date? It's misinterpreting, quote unquote, rejection as some kind of existential proof that you're unworthy of women. That's a narrow, deep fear that's wired into all of us. We just fear we're not enough. Are we enough to get the job? Are we enough to be loved by our parents? And as men, are we enough? Are we worthy of women's affection and attraction? So the reason why it's so hard to approach that sexy hostess or the cute Katie Holmes lookalike at Starbucks, it's not that you don't know what to say. It's that you turn that approach into an existential judgment day on your very worth as a man. No wonder your hands shake and your your forehead starts to sweat when you walk up to her. Because if she says, yes, I like you, let's go out, let's flirt, then you feel like you can jump over the moon. But if she says, oh, no, thanks, I'm not interested, go away, or I have a boyfriend, or any of the things women say, it's so easy for a, a man's psychology to default to, oh, I guess that means I'm, I'm unattractive and unworthy of women. Then we extrapolate one layer deeper and more toxic, which is, and if that's true, then I'll never find anybody, at least not anybody I want to be with. So I'll either have to be alone or I'll have to settle. 
And that's a really deep, existential, scary proposition. So no wonder approaching is so hard. It's not about what do I say? It's about, am I about to find out that I'm good enough for women? Now, that's not an accurate assessment of what's happening, but that's, that's how men's minds misinterpret it. Right. And this very subconscious level, you know, they're not thinking literally that, but they, they are on this deeper level. Absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting. I, I, so I say the same thing in different words, but the same exact idea, this idea of proof of it's like this, this proof of shame that we might feel when we get rejected. And I was talking to my brother, true story yesterday. I'm talking to my brother. He's a doctor in psychology and he's a clinical psychologist. And I was telling him, I was explaining to him about some of the things I say to guys when I'm helping them get over the fear and anxiety. And so I, I gave my whole rant on the same idea of it's this proof. And then my brother goes and he says something that I realized, oh yeah, it's this other thing too. It's not just proof. He said to me, he said, it's also this reminder. So what he meant by that is, even if a guy, it's not necessary all the time that a guy is is scared because it's it's this proof that he's not good enough. It's also in combination with, they already think that way about themselves. So mm. they don't want to approach and they don't want to do it and it's scary because they also don't want to be reminded of the insecurities that they have. Meaning they don't right. want to be reminded of the crappy things they think about themselves. It's like they already think that and they know if they go up and they get rejected, their brain is going to go into a downward spiral of going, yep, that's right. See, you know, you suck. You're not good enough. You're not worthy. And it's this reminder because it's something that they're saying to themselves over and over in their head. Absolutely. It's a story. Tony Robbins calls these stories, these mental horror shows we project on, on this movie screen in our minds. The horror story is, she'll reject me and that will be that reminder of this, 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 horror show. There's this horror story playing in my mind that says you're not enough, or you're too short, or you're not good looking enough, or you're too introverted and shy, and you're not that outgoing, gregarious guy. And it's kind of like, yes, yeah, it's sort of like so many men, and I speak for myself as well, back in the day when I was struggling, so many men walk around with these stories. It's, almost, it's, kind, of like a, it's kind of like having outdated dating software. It's like there's a we have a bug in the system. So many men are dating with with Windows 97, outdated <laughs> dating software that says you are not enough, you're not good enough, or you might be reminded of this fact. So what I help guys do, and I think what a good dating coach does in different different approaches, is to help guys implant a new software system. A new. It's not about changing who you are as a person. It's about putting a new operating system in there. And having it just kind of run cleanly and smoothly. Like, for example, I remember a couple of years ago, I was out with my client, Phil, and I was doing demonstrations for him because he wasn't yet really ready to approach and he just wanted to spectate a little bit, which is fine. And I, I, I approached a really attractive woman standing on the, she was standing on the street corner, short skirt, and just looking really sexy. And, and, and um, she's right there, three feet away from me. And I walked over to her and one of the things I teach my clients is I say, whatever you're thinking and feeling is what you're saying and doing. Just speak your thoughts. Don't overthink it. Just think it and say it. So I checked in with myself and I said, all right, what am I thinking and feeling? I'm thinking, wow, she's intimidatingly beautiful. And that was my line, if you want to call it a line. I just walked up and said, hey, excuse me, miss. You're intimidatingly beautiful. And I had to say hi. And her eyes lit up. But then she held up her left hand. And I see this big sparkly ring on her ring finger. And she's like, oh my God, you just made my night. But you know, she held the ring out. I'm going off to meet my fiance right now, but thank you so much. And I made her day. And what's so powerful about learning how to approach women in the real world is having those experiences as well, where you do get quote unquote rejected, but you don't you aren't reminded of anything. In fact, maybe you can get maybe you can get turned down by a woman and feel great about it. Maybe you can make her day better. Maybe you can feel better about yourself that you even tried. And Phil saw that and he was like, whoa, I don't mind that kind of rejection. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> um, and that's what I think is really important for guys to do is find ways to 
to notice and appreciate every interaction, no matter whether you get the results or not. And then paradoxically, that makes it more likely that you'll get those good results where you do get the dates and the attraction because your vibe is better, your confidence is higher, and because you're, you're, you're using a better software operating system. So do you think it is actually possible for someone to completely get rid of their approach anxiety? Like, is that with the right help, the right software, as you say, and the right amount of work and effort, can someone really get rid of their anxiety of talking to beautiful women? Yes. You can absolutely minimize, if not completely vaporize, you can at least minimize approach anxiety, the overwhelming kind. I'm not saying you'll never have butterflies again. I'm not saying you'll never, you'll walk through the world feeling 10 out of 10 every single day for the rest of your life. We're humans. We're humans, right? We're all vulnerable. We all have good days and bad days. But once you understand the core cause of approach anxiety, and then you interpret it the right way, while also getting some good results, those getting some phone numbers, some dates, some attraction, while also understanding that the women who aren't into you, that's actually, it's supposed to be that way. It's not proof of your unworthiness. It's just proof that maybe she's not your type or that she wasn't in the mood. Then approach anxiety essentially vanishes, becomes butterflies, becomes fun butterflies, which is enjoyable, I think. So yes, uh, you can't approach your way out of, you can't just approach a thousand girls and have it go away necessarily. I tried that. Dude, I, I had so many different coaches. I've approached many, many thousands of women. It took me many years to figure out how to truly rewrite that story. And it wasn't just through tons and tons and tons of approaches, although that's better than not doing it. You also have to interpret every approach as a reward, as something successful no matter what. James Clear, in his amazing book, Atomic Habits, talks about that. Like Our minds need rewards. We need to be rewarded for the things we do, or else we won't want to do them. So I help guys find something rewarding and enjoyable in every approach, even if she even if she wasn't into you. Can I share a real quick story to demonstrate this? Yeah, I was going to ask you. I'm curious what, what you tell guys or how you get them to reward themselves. Well, I, I, I saw this in, in Living Color vividly a couple, couple years ago. And this is, one of the, this is the lead, lead scene in one of the chapters of my book, which is I was out with my client, Jimmy. Jimmy's a, a West Point captain. And he's a great guy, attractive and, and successful and great career in the military. And he just, he just never figured out the dating thing. And he had really bad approach anxiety. We're walking to Madison Square Park on a summer day a couple of years ago. I could see the beads of, for, beads of sweat on his forehead as he felt like he, he was walking to the gallows, right? And I know the feeling, approach anxiety. And we went out together and I, I did what's part of my coaching, which is in-person wingman approaching, at least in, in non-COVID times, when it's okay to do that. And Jimmy approached a couple different women, got some good reactions. He got a really cute girl's phone number. She was sitting on a blanket in the park, Columbian exchange student. He met a really cool, attractive girl in Barnes & Noble. And he was just crushing it. it was like two for two, three out of three, just like too good to be true. And I see a girl sitting on a park bench and I go, boom, there she is. Go over, approach her, sit down, do your thing. He walks over, sits down. She's reading a book. He comes back about two minutes later with this big smile on his face. And I thought he was going to tell me, whoa, Connell, I got another number. This is amazing. She loved me. It was the opposite. He said, she totally blew me off. Uh, she, she said, why don't you just leave me alone? I'm trying to read my book. But she said it in a funny way to him. He was laughing about it. So he, and to me, that's an even more powerful experience is when a guy, once a man can approach a woman and feel good about it and interpret it, not as I'm creepy or ugly or unattractive, interpret it as, you know what? She's just a girl who wanted to read her book on a Saturday afternoon and maybe didn't want to flirt and chat. No indictment of Jimmy. And he real, and he actually said to me, that's what I've been afraid of all these years. There's nothing to fear. Not only did it not hurt, he actually found it funny. He found he was a good story. He found it amusing. He laughed about the way she blew him off. She even said, well, he, he said something to her like, oh, I'm out looking at buildings. I'm out looking at architecture. And she said, well, why don't you go look at that building over there? <laughs> and he thought that was funny. So 
So when we can laugh at our quote-unquote rejections trip, the floodgates open. All that inner conflict sort of melts away, kind of like scales from the eyes. And you can approach with so much more effortlessness and, and confidence. And yeah, totally, a lack of approach anxiety. Instead, just butterflies, which is way more manageable. Yeah, it is, it is all the interpretation. Our mind is so powerful. It can tell us anything that, we, that, that our thoughts can come up with, right? It can tell us anything. It can tell us, you're not good enough. You suck. It can say, that was funny. That was a good time. I'm glad I did it, right? It's like mm. everything is filtered through your mindset, which is so powerful. True story here. I, I just, before our call, I just got off with a coaching client. He lives in Finland. And I gave him some homework, some missions to do. He had to do 10 approaches the previous week. And it's so cool that you're saying this because I literally heard almost identical, identical experiences and thoughts from my client. He did the approaches and he said, and this is in his first week, by the way, he did the approaches. He said it was, it was very hard, but I did them. And he said to me that when he was doing the approaches, he got one of the worst rejections that he's ever gotten where the girl mm. said like, uh, no, like go away, you know, no thanks. I don't want to talk to you or whatever. And he said to me after that happened, I thought, oh, wow, that's, that's the worst of it. Like that wasn't so bad. And I had to tell him like, that is probably the worst rejection that you will get in you know, your future of doing approaches. And he's like, yeah, it wasn't that bad. And then he said to me also something similar to what you just said. He said to me that he now feels instead of scared, he didn't say butterflies, but he said it's that same idea there. He's like, he feels a little bit more excited about it. It doesn't feel as scary as before, and he's more excited to do it. And my theory on why this happened is because he finally had the experiences, went through the motions, and did it. And from the experience, now he has a new mindset because whatever his mindset was before, it was making up all these different things and saying all these you know, terrible things to himself about what would happen or how it would go. And just from doing 10 approaches, it's not that his approach anxiety is eliminated, not by any means, but it has reduced significantly just because he put himself out there and now has a different mindset around it. Yeah, it's, it's something that takes time to recondition, depending on the guy, depending on how, how many new actions and experiences he gets. But you know, the, the, the way our minds are wired, our minds are wired to need proof, not promises. So I can tell my coaching clients on my very first call with them, or maybe they'll read my website and, and they'll, they'll read me talking about this. But that's a promise. It's just, they're just words. Your brain needs proof that something is true. So Jimmy, my client, needed that proof that a girl telling him to buzz off wasn't that bad. It wasn't evidence of his lack of attractiveness. It was just she, she wasn't interested in chatting, maybe not his type. And he got great proof that day. He got proof both that women like him. And he also got proof that rejections aren't that bad. And it sounds like your client had a similar experience where he realized, hey, wait a minute. I just realized that this wasn't as bad as I thought. It wasn't like a root canal. It's just a girl. <laughs> and one thing, one of the, my mantras I tell my clients is I say, there's really no such thing as rejection at least not with a capital R, in the courtship phase of dating and love and relationships. That approach, that first or second date, a woman can't really reject you, not the real you, if she doesn't know you. If, if your wife of seven years comes down, stares one day and says, honey, I don't love you anymore. You have a small penis. You've never made me orgasm and I'm leaving you for Fabio. Okay, that's rejection. I give you permission to feel really rejected. But a girl you approach on a park bench, not wanting to chat, or that cute girl at the gym who maybe just wants to do her workout and doesn't want to want to have a romantic encounter, that's not rejection. That's just information. Maybe she's not in the mood. Maybe she's just not your type. And also, tell me if you agree with this, trip. these quote-unquote rejections are part of the process. We're not supposed to get every girl. We're not supposed to have that amazing 
connection with every girl we talk to. We're, we're kind of screening out people who maybe aren't right for us and screening for people who love that confident guy who just walked up and said hi. So you sort of have to take, sort of like, you know, Mickey Mantle had 536 home runs. He also struck out 2,400 times. But when he struck out, he didn't retire and say, I give up on baseball. I suck. He said, oh, that's part of the game. And that's also part of the game of dating and approaching. Sometimes you strike out. Sometimes you hit the home run. That's part of the rules. I also use an analogy about interviewing. Uh, Taking away the idea that you're interviewing to be with a girl. that's, That's not the same idea. But the idea of interviewing is, imagine you're going for a position. And you want to get a great job. So you want it to be a match for you. You want it to be a match for them. Either way, you're going to interview at a handful of places, probably, right? Most likely, you're interviewing at a, at a handful of places. You're not going to get all of the jobs. But when you do get that one job, you're going to be very happy that you did. So I always say to guys, is like, you know what? Just like you say, it's just part of the game. Understand you're not going to get every girl. But once you do get a number from a girl or you end up getting a date with a girl from a girl that you approached, you're not going to be thinking about those other rejections. right? You're going to be in a whole different mindset of, okay, you know what? This was worth it. It was worth it to put myself through that because now I'm on a date with a great girl and who knows, maybe even that turns into uh, a girlfriend or a girl that you're just sleeping with for a little bit. Either way, the game is what you're saying. You will not match or it won't work necessarily with every single girl that you approach. And as long as you're aware of that and you're okay with that, then at the end of the day, it's going to be just part of it. And then you'll know that when you do finally get a number or a date, that at that point, like I said, it was worth it. Absolutely. Some people call it a numbers game. I don't like that term. I think of it like this. So everything I coach, everything is based on this idea of being what I call radically authentic, truly leaning into the core, authentic, true you, the best, most specifically awesome version of yourself and showing women that. Basically, don't be a watered-down wine spritzer. Be your version of a glass of strong scotch. And when you go out and meet women, let's, let's, go, let's go back to approaching for the context for a moment. When you go out to approach girls in a non-COVID world anyway, uh, you're not supposed to get all of them attracted to you. In fact, if you're being radically authentic, if you're really being your true self, roughly three out of four women are probably not going to be attracted to you. But one out of four is going to become just totally magnetized by you, your biggest fan, because she's going to see, oh, wow, he's my type. I love how honest he is, how expressive he is, how genuine. He's a dork. He's a nerd. He's a jock. He's whatever your whatever your avatar is as a real guy. She's gonna. You're really going to going to attract her. So not only do I say the rejections are are something we need to get used to and endure, I say let's embrace it. In a sense, you almost want those rejections, not because I want any given girl to reject me or one of my clients, but if he's being genuinely authentic, then he's not going to appeal to everybody. But the woman who likes his type is going to go crazy for him. And to your point, it only takes one to get an amazing girlfriend, right? Or it only takes, I don't know, one weekend out in the town or one night out in the town socializing with a dozen or so different women to get two or three really solid phone numbers. Phone numbers that don't flake because she sees the real you. You're genuine, you're authentic, you're connecting in a real way. And you have the balls to be the real you, which elevates you way above most guys who are out there on the dating scene. So yeah, I, I, I teach this thing called the rule of one in four. Three out of four women aren't going to be into you anyway. Let go of it. Totally fine to get blown off by them or you know, not, not in a mean way, just maybe thanks but no thanks way. And then that, that fourth girl out of four, boom, she's going to go crazy for you. And, and if you like her just as much, now, you're, now you've got a real strong connection. What do you say to guys who say that, you know, why do we have to do all the work? I feel like women aren't getting (laughs) rejected. We have to be the ones that go and approach. They're not approaching us. What do you say to a guy who says something like that? I say, those are the rules of the game. Tom Brady doesn't get sacked 
and then go to the referee and say, oh, come on, why do they keep trying to sack me? Why can't they just let me throw touchdowns? You know, those are the rules of football. And for better or worse, the rules of dating are, the rules of that, the male-female dynamic is basically men pursue, women respond and either go for it, (laughs) are attracted or not attracted. And that's just the, the way of the two genders. And not to fight it. That's just the way it is. And by the way, women get rejected all the time. They just get rejected in slightly different contexts. Sure, for the most part, women aren't going to be approaching men. It happens to me like twice a year at most, a woman just straight up approaches me. And even then, it's only because I'm out in the real world sort of giving off these positive social vibes that attract her, right? So in a way, she's still reacting to me. But I would tell those guys, hey, you're a man. Our job as men is to take action, take courageous, authentic action, to be the cause, not the effect. The woman's job is to basically be the effect, to be at the effect, be, you know, we're leading the dance, they're following the dance. And don't worry, there's plenty of rejection to go around for everybody. It's just that women aren't getting rejected in the same way men are. But that rejection is baked into it. I say, hey, first, let's embrace it and not fight it. And then if you want to go really deep and transform everything, let's reframe rejection as something that's not even rejection. It's just the rules of the game and it's not personal. It's just, it's like another, sorry, another Jack Nicholson movie. Give it, it was in Chinatown where Jack Nicholson's told, hey, nothing you can do about it, Jake. It's Chinatown. I would say to your guys, hey, nothing you can do about it. It's dating. That's the way it is. Let's play the game by the rules that are established. I like that. Famous last words. Of, uh, <laughs> All I do is movie. quote Jack Nicholson, apparently. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, Jack Nicholson, uh, circa 1970s. Films. Yes. Yeah, no, I feel you on all that. It's also interesting that you said women get rejected as well, but in different ways. Now, you said you, you coach women a little bit, or you have, or something that you do once in a while. I'm curious, what are they saying to you in terms of how they get rejected? They get rejected in a, in a very passive way, mainly on the dating apps. Or, or after a date, a guy just goes quiet. He ghosts her or matches with her on a dating app, but doesn't send the initial message or just gives up. Or, you know, there's a commonality that I see with men and women, which is a lot of men and women have trouble getting matches and dates on a given dating app if they're not projecting themselves the right way. So I see, I see that as being basically equal ground where both genders are struggling. Something like, I've, I've, I believe this is a Pew Research fact, something like 51% of men and maybe 40% of women have never once had a date from online dating while, while trying to be online daters. So there's a lot of people struggling to get matches on dates, on, on dating apps. And that's where I see women struggling. And the other area I see it is with guys who just go quiet on them or give up. And then women feel like, well, I guess he doesn't want to date me. He's not pursuing me. And for the most part, women aren't going to pursue men all that much. They want to be, they want to be chased a little bit. One of the most beautiful women I've ever met in my life, Maxim Model, and a, just a cool, awesome, gorgeous person in every way, said, as women, we, we like to run away a little bit. And we'd like you to chase us because they want women want to see, they want to test us and see if we're going to show some persistence, but show it in a charming, cool, high value way rather than giving up too soon. Or the other extreme would be to get kind of creepy and, and butt hurt. We don't want to, yeah, needy. We we don't want to do either of those things. So I do see an even playing field on it in terms of things people struggle with on the dating apps. Yeah. This reminds me of the idea of ghosting. You know, when you ghost someone, meaning you don't respond to them and you just disappear. Mm-hmm. Ghosting is not just a problem for guys. It is a big right. thing for everybody. Women get ghosted all of the time. Men get ghosted all the time. Women get ghosted all the time. People are just ghosting each other, which is another form of rejection. So just to you know, tell the guys who are listening out there, this idea of you know, men have to pursue, men have to pursue. Why do they have to go through all the rejection? Like you said, Connell, they go through rejection just in different ways. One of the biggest issues that women have when it comes to dating is keeping a man around. So while a man is 
you know, searching on the internet going like, how do I get a girl or how do I attract a girl? How do I talk to a girl? A woman is searching at the same volume, maybe even more, how do I keep a guy? How do I get him to stick around? You know, why do men pull away? Why, why are men not interested anymore? So it's just different points in the timeline, rejection happens. It just appears That's- because of, of the game that we're talking about, right? The gender dynamics and, and the dance of, of mating, that it feels like that doesn't happen because guys start it. But a lot of guys are also finishing it. Absolutely. Yeah, women... Dating is an equal opportunity when it comes to rejection, quote unquote. But we're never going to eliminate it completely from life, nor should we, right? For example, I'm, I'm, I'm currently going after uh, a TED Talk, TEDx Talk. And my co- I'm having, I have a coach who's helping me. And recently, I was bitching about the process. And I'm like, oh, man, I've got to send another application. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. Are they coaching you, know, you to get the TEDx Talk? Or are they coaching you on how to do a great TEDx Talk? Both. Both. Okay. He's basically saying something that resonated with me and made me think of dating, which is, he said, and I was kind of, I was having a bad day and bitching about the process. <laughs> and he said, well, because this is hard, so many other people are going to give up and not even try it. They're not going to write that next application or they're not going to track down the TED Talk co-organizer or they're not going to put time into the speech that you are. So think of the, all the rejection that most people face. There, people are going to fall by the wayside. And if you stay resilient, which is one of the key words that I give my clients is we got we need to be resilient. We need to find solutions. That's actually an opportunity for success, an opportunity to get your outcome, get your your great payoff in whatever area of life we're talking about. In this case, dating. I know this from a pers- from personal experience with dating because it took me years and years to get good at this. It was really hard for me. I had really bad approach anxiety. I was in the friend zone. I doubted myself. I felt unattractive to women. I, I felt like I didn't know what to say, even though... Connell, you're I, like a redheaded version of me. <laughs> <laughs> That's going on my website. Quote, unquote, redheaded version <laughs> of, of Trip. <laughs> there you go. Um, no, I just say our, our stories are very parallel. We went through very similar experiences, but continue. Well, my point is just that... And I met a lot of guys along the way who were in the same boat as me, and then they gave up. They stopped approaching or they settled with an okay girl maybe they weren't that into or even more tragic maybe they just settled for being alone didn't even try to date and they're kind of, and you know they're just alone right now and i think that's a really good lesson for your listeners who from time to time we we get rejected by that girl we really want to date or we go out and have a tough night out approaching if your if your guys are approaching and i say hey these are actually opportunities to be resilient and know that your competition is, is about to give up. Other guys are giving up. And if you keep going, you're going to actually grow as you're fixing these problems, as you're learning, okay, here's how I smash through approach anxiety. Here's my authentic, effective way of flirting. And now, oh, wow, now I have a, a rotation of three really cool girls, or now I have a beautiful girlfriend. The only way that's going to happen is if you stay resilient. And so in a way, it's like the job interview process. You're going up against 10 other people, maybe, for a really cool competitive job. And if you're resilient and smash through the problems as they arise, instead of giving up or settling, then there is a pot of gold at the end of this. There is a great girlfriend waiting for you. Or there is that sense of worthiness and confidence that, that then spreads out into other areas of your life, like, like ripples on a pond. Uh, so I'm saying... This rejection, these challenges, the pain that happens on, on the path to getting a great girlfriend or getting that confidence, these are actually opportunities to set yourself apart from, from other people who give up and also to grow uh, in the process, to thicken your skin, to be able to look back and say, whoa, I can't believe I... Look how far I've come. Look at the women I've met. Look at what I can do now versus a year ago or six months ago or three, three weeks ago. And that... Uh, Tony Robbins has a great quote. I'm going to mangle it a little bit. But he basically says, fulfillment does not come from the results we get. Fulfillment comes from the man you become as you smash through the problems that get you to the result. In other words, it's who you grow into that makes you fulfilled and happy, not the money or the girlfriend or the quote-unquote result. 
It's who you become. So that pain, those problems are actually opportunities to grow. And that's what's going to fulfill a man, is growing into the best version of himself. Yeah, totally. It it reminds me of a story that I've told uh, several times on the podcast and YouTube channel and all that is I worked with a guy eight years ago. And I remember we did a lot of work together. We were going out, doing approaches. And he was getting better, but it just wasn't really happening for him. And we were doing this for like a month straight. And on one of our last sessions, he's like, Trip, I just, this isn't for me. Thanks. You know, you did a great job and I appreciate working with you, but I just Mm. don't think this is, this is going to happen for me. And I said, listen, man, this is like one of our last sessions. Let's just keep going. That's the only thing we can do here. You know, going back to this uh, idea of, of resiliency, all we can do is continue. So he said, all right, that's fine. And literally, this is after approaching, you know, at, at least, 70 to 90 girls over the course of a month. The very <laughs> next approach, he ended up talking to this girl, getting a date, and that girl became his girlfriend for the next two years. Wow. And that is an absolute 100% true story and it reminds me of that. And there's a lot of quotes out there that talk about that, like, you know, success happens you know, right after your worst failures and, and things like that. And it is true, but it goes back to this theory of resiliency. And it might not happen for you very quickly, but it definitely won't happen if you give up, right? That's 100% of a fact. So you have to make sure that you do keep going because you never know it is around the corner. And it does happen sometimes in those crazy moments like that. And it was one of those stories I'll always remember because he was right about to give up, but he decided to keep going. And boom, look what happened. So pretty crazy. That resonates with me so much. There's a story in my book I talk about being out at a club in Las Vegas called Access many, many years ago. I was just learning the art of approaching and still battling approach anxiety. And it was a tough night. For the first hour or so, I heard a lot of, got a lot of rejection, harsh blowouts. I went to the bathroom and I was about to like, I remember I was actually literally walking out to leave the club, but I decided to run into the bathroom first. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to go back to my hotel room, get some room service, give up. I'll, I'll get them tomorrow. And I go in the bathroom and I splash some water on my face and I look in the mirror. Looking back at me, I just see this quitter. I see this guy who keeps taking the easy way out when it's a tough night. And I said, no, not tonight. You're not going to quit. I think the, the bathroom attendant probably shot me a weird look. <laughs> and I walked out and I said, do one more hour. Just go out for just one more hour back to this club, which was filled with beautiful, gorgeous women at, you know, in Vegas at midnight on a Saturday night. And... 20 minutes later, I'm at the bar getting a glass of Irish Courage. And this beautiful brunette looks at my drink and says, hey, that's what I'm drinking, Jameson. She's got a little t-shirt on, like a belly shirt. She's beautiful, smart. She's a model slash drummer in a rock band. She just was on the cover of a local Las Vegas magazine. She's so beautiful. And we just connected and vibed. And turns out she likes nerdy, dorky writers, which is what I was at the time, a magazine writer. And we just we talked about Hunter Thompson books and the Beatles. And half hour Jack later, Nicholson we were movies. Going back. <laughs> Jack Nicholson movies. She's a uh, we talked about and I, and she's a drummer. So I said, hey, we should come back to my hotel room because I want you to hear Ringo Starr's only drum solo as a Beatle. I thought that was a pretty good way of getting her back to my place. <laughs> and she spent the night and we had a pretty fantastic little uh, brief relationship, more like a fling that lasted for a few months, but it was wonderful. But again, what got me the girl that night? Even the, the next day, guys were saying, dude, Connell, how did you... I saw you walking out with her. How did you do that? What did you say? A lot of guys asked that question, right? What did you say? What's the move? Well, the move was resilience. I didn't give up. I went back and said, you know what? I'm going to talk to three more girls in the next half hour at least, and then I'll give up if I, if I follow through on that. And one of them was, um, was this uh, girl, Nora. Her name is Nora. And became, at that time, the most beautiful, most desirable woman I'd ever hooked up with. And it kind of helped me expand my mind and realize, whoa, if, if I'm capable of this, what else am I capable of? But it comes back to resilience. And I like to look at that too. I just want to add to that because that's awesome. Is resilience or resiliency 
should look should be looked at on a micro and macro level, right? So that's a great example of of a micro level, meaning it was this one day where it, it was not going right for you, but you kept going and boom, it worked out. But you should also look at the macro level too. So both are important because you're going to also have you know, weeks that might be not so good. You might you know, get even maybe a month that's not so good. But just remember, you still have to keep on going, even if you're having a bad week, a bad month. And of course, in your example, a bad day. You know? So there you go. Connell, this was really uh, an amazing conversation just because I feel like I was talking to uh, a mirror and except in the mirror, there was a redhead there. And uh, <laughs> it, was, it was just great uh, to hear your story. It was great to hear some of your advice and approach anxiety. Like we were talking about one of the biggest problems that guys have to help them move forward and be able to attract the women they want. So I want to just thank you for being here, for doing this interview. And I also want to give you a moment to tell guys where they can reach you and where they can find you if they want to do coaching with you or anything else like that. Absolutely. No, thanks for having me on. This is such a passion of mine. I would do it for free. I love it so much. Because I, I basically coach the younger version of me. I coach nice guys, introverted guys, guys who have their life together, but there's just one area, women dating, that they've just always felt lacking in. So if anybody wants to learn more about how I can help them, actually, the first thing they should just do is go to my website and read my column, Ask the Dating Coach. My website is datingtransformation.com. And I, I do a column every week where I give practical, free, useful tips, everything from how to talk to girls, how to flirt, how to find that confidence, how to get more matches on the apps. So they can read that on datingtransformation.com. And there's also information there about how they might want to work with me. And my book, Dating Sucks But You Don't, which is a very step-by-step guide for men to help them gain confidence and get a great girlfriend, always doing it with authenticity, doing it as their best, truest self. That's for sale on amazon.com right now for pre-sale. Dating sucks, but you don't on amazon.com. And uh, there you go. Cool. Awesome. So I will put that link in the show notes and then guys can go check that out. Connell, thanks again for being here, man. And I appreciate the time that we spent talking. No problem. Hey, like Jack Nicholson said in the movie, Batman, wait till they get a load of me. How's that? One more Jack quote. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. I love that. <laughs> Thank you, Trip. Nice to find it. You're welcome. Thanks, man.